What's yeah. uh, what's the weirdest place that you've ever heard that thing you do? The weirdest place I ever heard. I heard it right now. Two, three, four. Hit it, boys. We're recording, and boy, oh boy, you you guys are quite lucky you get to listen to this podcast. Just so blessed. So blessed to be with us today. Sorry we took a week off last week. It was accidental. We were doing so much stuff together. Again, like yeah. we do. We, the podcast had- is at its worst when we are doing stuff together. Right. When our, yeah, our, us being friends has been, <laughs> has been a terrible development over the course of this podcast. Um, you helped me move. You helped me move this week. You, uh, thank you very much. Dude, you helped I'm, me move. It was so clutch. I, you were like one of the two people that helped me. It was I'm, wonderful. I love helping people move because that shit is so easy. But they they feel like I've had friends help me move. And I understand like you're like, dude, I am so grateful or or ma'am, what, whoever helps you move. I'm so grateful when in reality, it's like, Hey, by chance, do you have like two free hours during a time when nobody has anything to do, unfortunately, right now? So it's really it's not it's not much work to help somebody move, but it's such a solid you're doing them. So mm-hmm. I always volunteer. If anyone's like, hey, uh, like I'm seeing somebody new, I'm like, yo, if 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 it gets to that and you move in together, I'll help you move. <laughs> uh well i mean it wasn't the, it wasn't the smoothest move it wasn't like it was a pain in the ass it was a pain in the ass for you like it took up big chunks of your day so i'm very appreciative uh thank you no it was it was fun again and we've got a podcast studio now again which is awesome yeah if you, if you do want to come here it's farther away than our uh, our previous living arrangements but uh, we might be able to do some like home and homes. I would like to start recording together again. Yes, soon. I think so too. I would love to do some home and homes. I'm actually I'm working on kind of reshaping my layout and where I uh, put shit. But um, yeah, we uh, we got such a this is such a fun episode. We just uh, finished taping with the Tom Everett Scott and. Listeners of the podcast should know that's fucking big. Like, if any podcast having Tom Everett Scott, that's that's amazing. Cool. It's it's Tom yeah. Everett Scott. But it's a it's a feather in the cap. It's right. That's like a you you get fucking real legit guests. Good good for you. But this was like before we even started rolling with him. I think I told him like five times I was going to throw up because it's fucking. It was the biggest. I, 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 I do believe that it's the biggest that I've ever seen you fanboy. Definitely. And I, uh, so we, we got some, we'll get some video out of this. My face is still so red. <laughs> and he's the nicest dude in the world. He was joking around. Like we, we knew from following his his life that uh he's a a, a cool really nice guy and very uh, we, chill yeah we've got a mutual friend uh peter Overzet who uh helped make this happen so i knew that he was going to be the nicest guy and that he'd have fun with us the, the way our, our guests typically do but still like you I, had a I lot riding that, on this <laughs> i i think he could be 
the he's definitely the most nervous I've ever been before I've interviewed anybody, which is that's incredible. <laughs> which is weird because I've I've no like I know about him. I right. I know that he's a that he's the best the sweetheart, and yeah. that he's right. He's the there was guy no who, chance that this interview was ever going to go poorly, and you were like, oh fuck, oh fuck, unless I <laughs> fucked it up and was too weird. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it reached a. Uh, <laughs> this is a whopper, <laughs> an interview. Like it did reach a point where uh, I'll say, like, fan, the the limits of fanboying were tested, and dare I say, even encouraged. <laughs> like he he was that uh, we we t- told that to him. What's so great about him is he's psyched to be a wonder. Right. He is. He is. He's not, excited about the movie. Excited about the character. Excited about uh, the the band as much as you are, and that makes that makes the level of fanboying sort of encouraged. Right. We'd be. We always say like we had no interest in meeting Father John Misty. Right. Absolutely not. That that could go too many ways, and most <laughs> of them would end with him, him either being us. mean to us or something. Yeah. Right. Like. But he. He loves the, the the world that that thing you do created, and I mean, he says it like you, you'd be you'd be crazy not to. Mm-hmm. But you know how actors and celebrities can be. Right. I mean, even if people, I don't know, if someone came up to you and was like, "Brunch is the best podcast I've ever heard." I think that these are the reasons why you two have an edge over everybody else, and why there can be imitators, but never something that replicates brunch. You'd probably be like. Relax, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a little heartbreaking when you find out that, like, the person who is, like, responsible or has produced something that means a lot to you doesn't necessarily mean as much to them. Like, it, it goes back to, uh, like, Juliet I think Naked. About, I think about this a lot. I was just going to say, I think about Juliet Naked when... Really? When you wa- yeah, I was going to say that. When he walks into the kitchen and they're having that conversation in the kitchen... Uh, about like how much Juliet naked means to like the husband or, or whatever, the boyfriend and Ethan Hawke's character is just like, yeah, whatever, man. Like I was like 18 and it was just like, it was just like an album. And it just, it's kind of like a shit album. And the other guy's like, respectfully fuck off. Like this right. means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I do think about that scene a lot. And even if, and even if you were respectful and like, you know, like I look back on it and like, what was I doing with my hair or whatever? Like that would kill me because everything about that, that movie. And again, now I'm, I do sound like a psycho with that movie. I, <laughs> I like everything about that movie, except for one thing that, that we discussed that there's right. a, a gross part of that movie, but it was just such a pleasure to have him on. And hopefully he goes the way of, a lot of our guests, we've got like a real uh, Hansel and Gretel type thing we do with our guests. We have <laughs> people entrapment. on and then we're like, all right, now you're part of our world. Right. Like, I'll tell you what, I, I'm I'm hoping that's not the last we hear of Tom Everett Scott on this podcast. I'll tell you that. I'm sure it won't be whether he, he likes it or not, whether he enjoyed himself or not. Like, it, we'll probably bully, bully him into to coming on again. Uh, it, it, I mean, like... It, that thing you do is a big part, big part of the brunch universe to begin with, and it, mm-hmm. it will remain such. And hopefully, he uh, kind of gets like pulled in a little bit. Yeah, I could see. I mean, I would imagine Brunt Touchables tweeted him anyway because they probably like uh, 
that thing you do because they're they're smart people. But it was it was just such a a, a gas. Great time. Yeah. Went went places. Didn't think it would go. We had. I mean, we were we're we're tied to the forty minute rule mm-hmm. with uh, these Zoom things because even though I, I tried to upgrade my uh, my Zoom membership on the fly because it was we were just having so much fun didn't want, and it, yeah, it you didn't want to give it up. Yeah, but we did end up having uh, uh, one of our our patented. The time just runs out and it's cut off there. And after like exchanged email emails, there was no like, "Hey, that was abrupt. Should we put a bow on it?" He was like, "That's so funny that that's how it ended." So <laughs> he's he's the best. But we but we didn't get to so much stuff. We didn't get to talk about. I'm sorry. We didn't get to talk about. We have a lot of stuff that we didn't get to. But maybe some other time. And uh, obviously, this was this is all very heavily uh, that thing you do. Though we talk quite a bit about we talk about whip, whiplash a good amount. Yep. <laughs> Just really yeah, that was unexpected. Like, you were in one drum movie. How about this? How about other this drum other movie? one? <laughs> yeah. Are there? Well, I wish there. Are there other drum movies we could have been? Oh, like Drumline. And oh we yeah. We're really weirded him out, like because then, like twenty minutes in, he'd be like. They're only asking about drum movies. What the Just hell? Specifically, drum movies that I have no involvement in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although we did, I mean, we defended his honor in uh, La La Land. Yep, yep. Touch yeah. that. Um, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was fun. Um, I'm very excited. So, all right, should we uh, for that. should we jump into it? Should we hit a read? Or? Yeah, hit that read real quick. Okay. We jump in. Y'all know about BetterHelp. We've talked to you about BetterHelp. The URL, betterhelp.com slash brunch. If you are uh, if you need to talk to somebody for any reason, I've uh, I think that we're both uh, we've both been pretty open about actually, eh, I don't know how open we've been, to be honest. I don't think I've specifically said why I felt I've needed to talk to people at any point, but that's the point. We're we're open about like uh, addressing it. Right, right. So whatever the reason may be, and some of the the, the, the the weirdest thing about needing to talk to somebody and mental health and kind of the changes that uh, can happen from, from one second to the next is the frustration of you you might not even know what the reason is or, or why you're not feeling so so great. So there is any number of reasons or any number of things that can kind of make you think, all right, I should talk to somebody. And personally, I'm not telling anybody how to live their lives. I think that everybody should talk to somebody at, at some point. And even if things are going great, I remember one time when I started seeing a a new therapist, they were like, all right, so what's currently troubling you? And I was like, actually, most things are moving in the right direction right now, but uh, they probably won't be forever. So I'd like to get a little running start for uh, next time I'm feeling blue. So better help is something that can really uh, accomplish that for you and give you that kind of outlet. Um, they'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment, very convenient and you can get the ball rolling really quickly. You sign up for better help. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's professional counseling. You can hit up your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful, thoughtful responses. 
Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You got licensed professional counselors who are specialized in really everything. Run the gamut: depression, stress, anxiety. Kind of, I, I would say, kind of the, the usual things, but it's it's really everything. I mean, you you could have trouble sleeping, and I think that's a, a reason enough to try to get your mind a little better. Uh, it's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. Of course, anything you share is confidential. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So start living a happier life today. As a listener of Brunch, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash brunch. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash brunch. Here is Tom Everett Scott. Tom <laughs> Everett Scott, I just told you I could throw up right now, and uh, I'm very excited that you just had a birthday because I did not know how to start off this interview because I would have gone like all guy meeting Freddie Fredrickson, and you would have hung up on the Zoom and, and run away. So we can break the ice with happy birthday, Tom Everett Scott. Thank you very much. Thank you. Happy, yeah. happy birthday. Happy belated. Was it yesterday? Thank you. Yes, yesterday. My my 50th birthday. I mean, you could have started off singing happy birthday and then gone right into singing Mr. Downtown. D- oddly enough. Wow. Oddly Spoiler enough, alert. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had a lot of stuff to, to do yesterday. And I, I'm doing this thing for work. I'm going to do weekly power rankings of uh, all the quarterbacks, uh, really, so Boston fans can keep up with like where whether tom brady is top five or whatever he is but uh i was doing a bunch of work on that and then i was like i need to take a little break and i spent the rest of the day making a mr downtown cover out of just like (laughs) nervous energy (laughs) Um, yeah dude the moment when you sing mr downtown to freddie frederickson this is what one of my notes about how much i just love that fucking movie and maybe it's because i've seen it more than i've seen other movies but you guys all played off each other so well that like when, when you meet Freddie Fredrickson and you're geeking out, Steve Zahn doesn't have a line, but he is so excited for you as you are singing to him and embar- like embarrassing yourself and the, Freddie Fredrickson wants to get the hell away. But Lenny is so excited for your own excitement. And I, ju- I don't know, like, I feel like that sort of ensemble, especially for a group of young men, is is unheard of. Right, right. We were just so happy uh, to be in Tom Hanks's you know directorial debut. So there was like this level of like happiness that you were never going to come down from anyway. And then on top of that, you know, here I am meeting one of my best friends in the world now. You know, uh, fifty years old, and we're still best friends. You know, Steve's on. And and I'm and we're tight with uh, Jonathan and Ethan as well. But but Steve was like best man at my wedding and all. So what you're seeing on screen is like there's also this like relationship is forming between the two of us. <laughs> we were the uh, lone New Yorkers out in L.A. for shooting that, so we got put up at the same like condo place, like you know housing place. And so it was just we were always in the vans together. We were always uh, you know traveling to and from work together. We were researching the music together and we were just hanging the whole time so when you see him excited for me singing mr downtown i think he is excited that tom is singing the song he's been practicing like for weeks 
That's amazing. It's, it's similar to the experience of me seeing uh, that thing you do for the first time because DJ has been like the biggest fan of that movie for the longest time. We started the podcast. He referenced it like every two episodes and it took me a couple of years to see it. But then we had uh, Thanksgiving is a thing that happens uh, around here every year. It's just like this like local kind of old theater screens Tom Hanks movies nonstop. And so that was my first experience seeing that thing you do. And like watching DJ's excitement for me getting to see the movie for the first time was unbelievable. Oh, that's so cool. Wait, where are you? Uh, we're, we're outside of Boston. So you're, you're both in the same area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's in, uh, in Harvard square, which was really cool because the first time I saw that, I saw that thing you do was, uh, in the, the Belmont theater, which is like, uh, Bell, Massachusetts, like has this horrible theater. It's, like it's a lot, <laughs> a lot of towns have like horrible cheap theaters. So that Pete in I don't know 2016, 2017, whatever, kind of got to have the experience of like crappy movie seats and just like the it old, was like a gymnasium, right? It was like, like a gymnasium old... with a lifted stage and basically like a, a projector screen. Like it was, it was amazing. I, I loved that. The, uh, that's called a gymatorium. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was with like folding chairs. But we got like good beers. It was, it was a good time. Interesting. It, Wait, so uh, I'm from East Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's where I grew up, and um, I actually saw that thing you do. I went back to East Bridgewater to the theater there. There, there never was a movie theater there when I was growing up, but but one got put in after the fact. And, uh, and when the movie came out, I did like a, uh, I went and we did like a premiere, like a screening of the movie in East Bridgewater. That's very cool. Yeah. That was super fun. What's, yeah. uh, what's the weirdest place that you've ever heard that thing you do? The song? Yes. The weirdest place I ever heard. The I heard it in right a supermarket. Now, two, I, heard three, it, <laughs> <laughs> I heard it in a supermarket once and I like almost died. I was like, this, that's the coolest thing ever. I mean, I've, I've been in a store when it's come on and, uh, and I look around and the people are behind the, the, the checkout desk are like looking at me like, sorry, we had to put it on because you're here. Oh, so they put it on for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then when I moved to LA and I started going to the supermarket Ralph's, it came on. And I was like, I'm looking around to see like, okay, who put it on? And then my friend was like, no, this, this plays all the time. So that's not, that's, that's not amazing. Cool. That's just in rotation. But So that, that story of people seeing you and putting it on, that's one of the many reasons I love that thing you do, because I imagine you never have an experience of someone coming up to you being like, oh, you were in that film. Oh, honey, what was it? The, the, the Tom Hanks one. They were the boys. They were so like, you either fucking know that thing you do and are all the hell about that thing you do or you haven't seen it yet because once you've seen that thing you do you are all the way in it's true i mean it runs the gamut yes there are like absolute diehard fans who i really enjoy like on twitter like we all do kinds of you know quotes from the movie and you know if your answer to who's your favorite band isn't captain geach and the shrimp shack shooters you're just doing this wrong you know there's a lot of that um but uh but you you'd be surprised there's a lot of people who come up to me and they're like how do i know you and i'm like and then they they kind of know it's that thing you do and they like you know i get a lot of uh it's that thing that you do you know that thing you've done they never get the name right it's it's fun they're like, how do I know? Oh, it's the fucker from La La Land. Let's get him. <laughs> yeah. 
instant enemy. Uh, you know, I you, really pissed That must have been a tough, tough gig. It was tough. Yeah. I had to explain to my wife and, you know, her friends that I was going to steal Ryan Gosling's girl. And they were like, boo. So I don't think Pete had seen that thing you do yet, but we saw La La Land together at a screening. And when they reveal that, that Mia's with this man and they, they finally show it to be not Sebastian, but you, right. I was like, oh, good. Like even better. Like I was like the only <laughs> one there that was like, and then she ended up with fucking Guy Patterson. With Guy Patterson, everything's going to be okay for Mia. Feel good story. Like I, he ended up having his bar and everything. Everybody ends up winning. Everybody's happy. That what was that like a little nod though? That I, I if memory serves, like you wanted to go into the jazz club, right? Right. That's, um, that's cool. Damien Chazelle is a huge that thing you do fan, and I think that some of that stuff was going to happen in the movie regardless. Um, I'm not really sure, but the casting director was the one who suggested me for that role to him. And he said, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of that thing you do. And it would be so cool to have him in this. And then none of that stuff dawned on me until later, which is crazy. You'd think I would be getting, like, I was just enjoying the moment and it was like a, a fun scene to shoot. But a lot of people were like at the end of the thing going, of course, Guy Patterson ends up in a jazz club at the end of the, and I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't really think about that. You know? That's wild. So on the subject of Damien Chazelle and you kind of being the gatekeeper of uh, jazz drummer driven films, uh, did you see Whiplash? And if yeah. so, were you like, wow, drum movies can be very different? Yeah, they can be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a different movie. I mean, that movie is so like high adrenaline, um, super, super good movie. Um, I was really watching um, uh, Miles' uh, drumming in that because he had to really do do crazier stuff than i had to do for sure yeah, he got bullied for it <laughs> he got stuff thrown at him uh i thought he was he did a really great job yeah yeah that's that's a, a, an awesome movie uh one of my like one of the huge reasons i'm a big fan of you is not only were you guy patterson but i love so much that the guy who played guy patterson is as big a that thing you do fan as I am, or the guy that played like, like Ethan Embry, like the guy that played the bass player, like all of you guys take every ounce of pride that you should in that movie. And I feel like sometimes I don't know actors, musicians, whatever, they can be a little weird about their projects when you're like, Oh my God, you were in this thing. It was the best. And Maybe just you get another project of like, <laughs> Oh, uh, there's just something I did. Like this isn't me real life or whatever. I, I think it means so much to like wonders heads that you guys are so all about that thing you do. Cool. Good. I'm glad it's, it's completely genuine. Like we, we know it, like we became like brothers in that movie and we, we do enjoy everyone's in, you know, uh, love of the movie. And, um, it just was, such a great experience that it's hard not to love it. First of all, it was my first film. So it was really incredibly tough to top that first experience with my idol, you know, doing, um, you know, the music and stuff. Um, yeah. So, so it's completely genuine and, and yes, I know it is disappointing if you meet somebody who's in something that you love, this has happened to me, you know, and, and you're, you're more excited than they are about it. And you're always like, Ugh. 
Maybe I shouldn't have met them. They really kind of yeah. blew that. Say, never meet your idols. I was kind of like, for content purposes, I was hoping that your answer there would have been like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we, <laughs> we kind of hate this movie. We kind of yeah. hate each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah, just, we could just stop talking about it, about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, you guys got anything else on the topic yeah. list here? <laughs> I talk about it because you fucking ask about it. And everybody has for 20 years or whatever it's been. Uh, yeah. But you guys, I mean... You've done a couple of reunions now at this point, which is is awesome. Obviously, you did the the one during the the pandemic, but you guys got together and played a couple yeah. of years ago. What are that those was been a like? complete just a goof because a friend of mine who's a stand up comedian has a live show called um, Goddamn Comedy Jam, where he gets it was mostly stand up comedians, and then they kind of started bringing some actors in and other people in. It was like stand-up comedians would get up and tell a story and then they would sing a song with a backup band that was somehow related to the story. And it was just super fun. Uh, and I went to a couple of those shows. And uh, after a while, um, it's Josh Adam Myers is the name of the comedian who hosts the show. He said, I really want to do that thing you do. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And it would just mean so much to me if I could like do do this, you know, sing that song and you play the drums. And I was like, I would love to. Why don't I try to get the rest of the guys? Like, I think we would all love to do it because they were doing it at the Roxy. It was just kind of perfect timing. And the only thing that at the last second didn't work out was Steve Zahn got a job and he couldn't be there. Uh, and, we did, and we were like, oh, we shouldn't do it without him. But we did it. And he's because he was like, fine, you know. Um, but it would have been better with Steve. I think. But, uh, but, but it was super fun. And then we did the reunion at the, uh, for, to raise money for um, Music Cares for COVID relief. After Adam Schlesinger died, it was just kind of like this thing where we were like, let's do something. You know, people are freaking out. Yeah. I mean, that, that watch party was incredible. I will say, though, as you tell that story, you made the right call to keep playing anyway. Because if you'd said, okay, we don't have Steve. We can't do the, the show without Lenny friendships would have been ruined with Ethan Embry because he would have been like, you fuckers played the gig without me. <laughs> when I went to fucking Disneyland, I had a job too. I had a service I was getting involved in. You're, you're right. And we probably should have got the Wolfman to come in and, and sub Lenny. <laughs> if you got the Wolfman to replace Lenny, I would, I would, it would just be worth it for the one person in the audience. Who's like, Oh, they don't have Steve Zahn. Is that the, there is no way. Is that the Wolfman? <laughs> That's a that, that it great. also. That's now I wish we had done that. Yeah. So you saying your uh, friend wanted you to play that thing you do makes me think of this. You you don't have any music credits, right? Like, have, has no one ever asked you to play drums on a song? Like a, a song that's like recorded on an album. Yes. Like for like it, for example, like if I'm a musician, with what that thing you do means to me and I'm making an album, I think like one of the requests I would have of the label would be like, hey, could we get Tom Everett Scott to play drums Is on one Jade's of the songs? Is available? Can we get Skitch Patterson in here? Because um, ima- imagine reading the back of that fucking album and you see, because a lot of it's like the same people are playing all the same instruments, but then there would be like Tom Everett Scott, drums on track three. People would lose their shit. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, I mean, I don't have them set up. <laughs> Ready to go. 
Ready to go. He's you know. been sitting there waiting for somebody to ask for like 20 years. <laughs> I'm writing years. a song right after this, dude. I'm right re- like as, as soon as we're done, it's going to be the worst song in the world, but it's going to be with Tom Everett Scott on drums. Uh, these drums have been on uh, a couple of recordings, but not, my, not me. Um, yeah, I, you know, I have too much respect for real drummers to assume that I could just sound as good as a real drummer. You know, oh, fuck that, man. They could, I they can, can look like it, but I can't really sound like one. Dude, they could they can quantize everything. They can make everything sound exactly. It wouldn't be like the old days where would you you guys mm-hmm. what was it like eight hour sessions all day of like really nailing the songs? Oh, uh, what recording like, them? Or? Like like when you were learning uh, for, for I, I know that it was like yes. like Viola and Schlesinger and all those guys, but like it's when they were making you really nail these these instruments. Yeah, so we got cast um, a little over two months before principal photography would start, and uh, in that first month, I was still living in New York, um, and I got a drum teacher in New York that yeah, I would I would practice with him four hours a day every day, five days a week, no breaks, and then I would stay after for another four hours in the studio. And just practice. I mean, I made it my, I was like, I'm going to make this my nine to five job. Um, and, and so, yeah. And then when we, they flew me out to LA and me and Steve and, and Jonathan and, Embry, and uh, Ethan would get together Monday through Friday for a few hours a day and practice together. That's it was amazing. so much fun. What's like the physical taxation of, of drumming for like eight hours a day? Is that like, you get like the beast, beastliest forearms in the world? Yeah, I got like some blisters. I mean, I love. I was young. I was twenty five. I mean, you know, I had energy to you know for days. So it, it was there was no physical exhaustion. Yeah, no one was going to complain either. We were not. The, we weren't going to let each other complain about it. That's. Yeah. I'm just imagining now, like the scene from Whiplash, where you're dunk, like you're dunking your hand in the ice, <laughs> and like the whole Tom thing Hanks throwing chairs turns, turns red. <laughs> oh, dude. It, I mean, I, I was going to say this, it wouldn't have held up. By, by the way, kudos to that thing you do. Like when I watch it every week, I do realize <laughs> everything holds up as far as like, if this movie were made today, maybe this, this is a little inappropriate or insensitive or whatever. It is like thoroughly feel good. There's none of the, but again, like they just made Whiplash like five years ago. And that, like, yeah. none of that it's the most abusive movie in the world. It's true. I mean, it, it also, that thing you do is, is from Tom Hanks's beautiful brain, you know, where right. he really is creative, thoughtful, funny, you know, and so he's putting that all in there. Uh, it's just all going to be, you know, his, his energy, his vibe. And I, wholesome. I, yeah. Just born out of wholesome land. Did it you, is. Uh, it's, it's wholesome. Even though he, you know, like we, we, we were smokers at the time. Like all of us, I think we're, we're smokers, maybe. Very yeah. cool we were all smoking cigarettes. And so in between takes, you know, we'd be having a cigarette break and he would come out and he would go in an, in an actual movie about a band in the sixties, your characters would be smoking. I get it. But like, you know, we're not going to have that in the film. I was like, well, that's probably better. You know I mean? Shouldn't that's be in like the nineties when everybody was smoking at all times. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, there was a lot. Pretty sure you could like smoke on airplanes in the nineties. <laughs> you, you couldn't smoke on international flights. That's for sure. Man. Uh, <laughs> What's uh, what's your favorite Wonders deep cut? It, like, there's so many like actor performances in it that are that are so wonderful and they're so you know and they're just brief but they're so special. Like, um, 
you know, um, uh, uh, from Breaking Bad. Uh, um, Brian Cranston, yeah, as the yeah, astronaut. Cranston, Brian Cranston was so good. You know, he was so funny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I love Breaking Bad. Like, I'm a huge fan. And I just love that he was in it and that he just did that funny thing where he mispronounced Gina Lola Bridget's name. And, <laughs> you know, like, it was great. Yeah, there's a thousand deep cuts. I mean, during that movie, my wife, my now wife, you know, who uh, we've been together since college, um, you know, she, she came out and, you know, uh, she got to meet Tom and all those guys. And she's in the movie briefly, you know, um, there's this, you know, little moment where I'm running down to the Hollywood showcase and I'm late and you see me crossing through this um, plaza where there's like a, like a waterfall fountain type thing and she's coming the other way. That's know? amazing. Right. Yeah, so I can't watch that movie with her without her saying, like, there I am, you know? That's awesome. I mean, I, all my only dreams is, like, an all-timer song for me. And I'm furious that they don't press that thing you do, soundtrack. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, that should be... They are, though. They, they are? are now? When? Yeah, so we actually um, auctioned off the first vinyl pressing. Right, so that was, like, $10 million, though. I was I was in the hunt early on, but I took back <laughs> off. How how much did that go for? I want to say it went for like over five grand for that final pressing. Lower um, than I would expect. I, I know, but I, so so my guess is that they've been working with Playtone to uh, to get those out. They're going to get those. It's called Mondo. Is the company that makes the record? Cool. That's good because like I I love that everything's on vinyl now. Like, but yeah. I shouldn't be able to get the Mamma Mia 2 soundtrack, which is a phenomenal soundtrack on vinyl right away and be and waiting not. 20 years and <laughs> not have uh, that thing you do. It's You're not wrong. Think about that. Like That is a weird not to have right. that. I haven't heard the Mamma Mia soundtrack in a supermarket yet. So I'm, I am looking forward to the day, but it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> But seriously, it's a movie. Yeah, that thing you do is a movie about music, a, basically about a band and their recording situation. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why isn't that out on vinyl? That would be such a sick album to have. They make a record, a record, record, record. Record, record. Right. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of music, I uncovered this. Uh, let me find it. Uh, do you know that Bad Guy is just Mr. Downtown? Like Bad Guy by Billie Eilish? Let me hear it. All right, so check this out. This is Mr. Downtown. Right? Yeah. Sure. Peter Gunn. All right, so that's Mr. Downtown. And then this is... I know what you're going to play. Same key. Same key, everything. And... Similar. So Yeah, this is them on top of each other. Very cool. That is pretty unbelievable. Like, that is unbelievable. <laughs> right, like, so we, we live in a day and age where hmm. uh, I don't mean to besmirch any, like, deceased artists, but uh, various families or whatever have gone after artists for, like, less. hey, that sounds a, a little less. bit like, <laughs> yeah. like my song. And I think that, like, Tom Petty doesn't own, like, a basic chord change or whatever. But though those those lawsuits happen all the time, and if Freddie well, Fredrickson, I mean he he'd be the most if he existed, he would have been probably dead. What like two years after that thing you do? 
he was he was probably going to die in like a pile of cigarettes and scotch or something because he was just like one of those old crooners. Yeah. But there'd be no, a lawsuit. If he was still around, Freddie Fredrickson would have been on the phone to Saul Seiler faster than you can say, you know. <laughs> What's up, Zelly? Probably the only tough part of the movie for me is I have a real problem with people talking with food in their mouth. And Saul Seiler has perhaps the most graphic talking with food in his mind. Like, because people, your your voice changes when you have food in your mouth. And like, they show, I feel like the movie should have been rated R just for for that because... Disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah, because it's 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 so disgusting. Um what was your relationship with sunglasses before the movie and what has it been since? Like do you have to wear that style or do you feel I don't know, do you get in your head if you're wearing like Lennon type glasses when you're like, I, I I can't pull these off. I I gotta wear the the only kind I'm known for. I feel like Maybe subconsciously I don't wear the Ray-Ban uh, Wayfarers because of the movie. Uh, you know, like I I stick more to like aviators as a wow. go-to sunglasses look. And not, yeah, the Wayfarers just look too much like Guy Patterson. I feel that, like, like, oh, of course you're wearing those. Right. And then you get into the kind of like, uh, no disrespect to this guy, but you get into kind of like the, the Jeremy Piven realm where he's kind of you just think so you're your character, <laughs> right? He's just kind of so synonymous with Ari gold that, right. I mean, the guy can't even dress. If the guy just dresses up nice to go to whatever church or something, people will be like, Hey, it's Ari gold. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a suit. It's like, Hey, Jerry Pivot in a suit. Oh, what do you think he is? Ari gold. Yeah. He's, pretty pretty much what he's just uh, always being like tie dyed and cut off jeans, shorts and stuff like yeah. that. I've seen, I've seen that look on him. You, you mentioned uh, Schlesinger, which obviously super sad and like what a career that guy had. Do you ever hear, I didn't hear this until after he died, but have you heard the demo for that thing you do that it was, it was just him and I think it was just him and Mike, uh, Mike Viola. It sounds pretty much exactly, it, I don't know, it just impressed me so much. It sounds pretty much exactly like what makes the movie. So for something that was essentially like a songwriting contest, it's wild that Tom Hanks and all these like big producers and everything heard it and were like, yes, no questions asked like this. And that's pretty much exactly what they went with. Yeah, I heard it. They played it for me the day that they brought the drum kit into the studio in L.A. that we were, um, you know, recorded a couple things at. Uh, it's where I had my very first um, drum lesson. Uh, 
they played me the demo they sat me the drums and they played me the demo. And, uh, you know, that, that moment has a lot of like, uh, things attached to it emotionally for me. One of them was, you know, uh, just, um, meeting Jim Keltner. He came in when they delivered the drums and I was just like, you know, Oh my God, what a God this guy is. And then, uh, then to have to try to play drums in front of him was awful. Like I was drowning. And then, uh, uh, but hearing the song and knowing that this was the one out of like 300 submissions that they said was the one. And after reading the script, because the script really uh, described the song, how it would make you feel when you heard it, how it would kind of begin with the drums and all the stuff that was in the script part of it. So you were just like left to imagine what it sounded like. And when they played it for me, I was like, oh, of course, this is it. It just had that 60s vibe. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I've never even thought about that. Like reading, reading about that thing you do on paper and like knowing that the entire movie basically s- surrounds this song and not being able to hear it has to be a really weird thing. Cause if the song doesn't work, the movie doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. Right. It, it's kind of this like really amazing, like uh, convergence of ideas and, and things having to like come together. Um, like, uh, to have someone write a song where the tie in, in Tom had written the, the name of the song first too. It's like, it's going to be called that thing you do. And it's got, you know, it's going to have this great drum beat and it's only going to have a great drum beat because he speeds the song up. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it, it's just, yeah, I don't know. They figured it, it out. It is crazy that like, just that it came in that order. Kind of like what Pete said that like all these, it's like Hank's in his mind obviously didn't write this song or anything, but like he just kind of had this perfect song that everyone yeah. would, would go nuts over. And obviously in the 90s, I mean, that thing you do, I, I, th- that was the first song my guitar teacher taught me because that was like the biggest song. That was like the, the biggest it's, hit. It's so, like a thousand percent putting the wagon before the horse. Definitely, definitely. Like, Which is for crazy. Sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, he, he probably, I think he thought... Uh, like he knew he was going to hire an actor to play the part, not a drummer. So he was like, we'll hire an actor who I think can handle the role or, you know, seems to be right for the cat, you know, to be cast in it. And then we'll figure out the drumming later. Do you know what I mean? So then with the song, he was like, it's going to be this way in the script. And then we'll figure it out later, whether, you know, how good the song will be. Right. And, and, you know, some things just kind of fall into place. Um, uh, I remember when he looked at my resume, when I went in for my, first audition with him at the bottom of actors resumes there's this little section that says special skills and that's where you put like you know karate or you know like horse riding and i had on there uh trumpet and guitar and i couldn't play guitar but i could play trumpet but i put guitar just because somebody told me once that actors have to have guitar and their special skills (laughs) so uh so then he just read that and he said, Oh, okay. So you kind of have a sense of rhythm. And I was like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anything to get the job. That's amazing. I tried to, uh, like five years ago, I tried to start a wonders tribute band. And, uh, <laughs> cool. It, it, <laughs> what do you do? You play any music or do you guys sing or anything? Uh, I, uh, play guitar. I, I'm like one of those people that owns instruments and like, how well I play them kind of depends on who's listening to it. But um, do you yeah, sing? Like I, 
Yeah, but not not well. Like I don't. Do Can you he's, harmonize? He's being, he's yes, being humble. Yes, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, like I, he is I, a decent singer. Yes. So like I, 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 I know. So my, you could harmonize all my only dreams right now if you had to. Definitely, I, I could play all my only dreams for you right now. It's a little high for me, but you know, I do have a guitar that I keep in D, so I could play it down a half step. All right, let's uh, hear it. What, are you serious? Ooh. Yeah, let's hear it. Come on. All right, shit. All right, here we go. He he is like the most humble music person because he he doesn't want to admit that he's good. Okay. He is good. All right. Yeah. Song's way too high, but let's see. Uh, What do you got? Got a capo? What do you got? What kind of guitar is that in? This is a Martin. Oh, nice. Uh, My Martin's in the house. Got a big music room there. Me? This This is this is like a little office off the back of the garage that we kind of keep all the music stuff in. Okay. All right. Is this is this audible? Kind of faint, yeah. It's faint. Shit. All right. Uh, well, whatever. We'll make it work. We can hear it. Oh yeah. Every night I pray. I'll have you here one day I'll count the stars tonight And hope with all my might And when I close my eyes You'll be right by my side If I could only have one wish You'd be the girl whose lips I kiss all my only dreams. I should probably try to bang this out a little bit here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, I can shit. contribute nothing to this, but oh, shit. <laughs> I'm excited about this. Yeah. Oh, this is so cool. All right, wait. So this has six minutes left. I'm going to try to upgrade my... Ah, uh, shit. Uh, I really should have like my my jazz brushes. Oh my god! Oh, I'm just right. So you so how was that like? Was that too quiet? No, man. Am I too loud? <laughs> it's it's probably the levels aren't going to be great, but I'm I'm excited about it. I wish I had like little like brushes instead of these sticks i also i have a condenser mic somewhere here that would be louder but uh (laughs) let's just do one little pass at it yeah there you go it's like a just like a chorus or a verse go ahead all right uh i mean we could also i know i I probably couldn't do that thing you do i'd like freak out all right (laughs) i like this song yeah all right uh you want to want to count me in yeah do that again all right one, two, one, two, three, four. Every night I pray, I'll have you here one day. I'll count the stars tonight And hope with all my might And when I close my eyes 
Have you out to the studio. We'll uh, have you to the studio, and we'll figure was, it out. That was incredible. So it means the first. I'm going to die that that just happened, but it's so it, legit that it was your idea. If it was my yeah. idea, then it was like DJ made <laughs> fucking Tom Everett Scott come on, yeah. forced himself to be in the wonders, and you're like, <laughs> "Hey, you want to do my podcast?" So we talk for five minutes, and the DJ just pulls out the guitar. <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. into a, a, an addition. I uh, I told some friends that uh, that you were going to come on. I I was like, big guest coming on brunch, and they were like, cool. And then I just followed up with the shades emoji, and they were like, oh fuck. <laughs> they they knew they knew that that was that was a big one. Um, I'm super stoked that I got to do this with you guys. Uh, we got to give a shout out to uh, Pete. Oh, Pete Overzet. Yes, dude. Yeah, he's the he's the greatest. And I watched some of the shit that you've done with him. So he's like uh, this fantasy football czar. But the, the reason we like him so much, like he kind of makes fantasy football weird, which uh, yeah. that's always trying to make anything weird here. Right. Just making anything <laughs> a little weirder is the best. I watched uh, the thing you did with him where you were doing a draft and you had to spin a wheel and there yeah. were rules every time you picked. So it was like, you're on the clock and you have to pick someone with the same name as a Tom Everett Scott character. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Insane. Insane. How did you get yeah. into that type of it. shit? Like, how did he get into it or me? How do you, like, how, how do you, did you and him get like in, in the same world? Because, um, I, I just, I love fantasy football. I, um, started like following all these different guys I started listening to uh, the Living the Stream podcast with uh, JJ Zacharyson and Denny Carter, and uh, we'll basically, that out. no free promo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I reached out to those guys, and they also are making fantasy football like fun and weird, and that's why I like gravitated toward that. And so it was kind of like through that relationship with them where I got to know Pete, and uh, yeah, awesome. He's he's the best. Uh, well, let's wrap up this way. So it says we have less than a minute left. I love the kind of ticking countdown and explosion at the end of a Zoom thing when you don't have pro. Let's do some um, <laughs> timid NFL predictions. So okay. instead of bold predictions, just really keep them, keep them soft. All right, I'll kick us off. Uh, assuming he's healthy, Patrick Mahomes is going to be making some plays this year. He's going to make some plays. He's going get, to get in the, in the huddle. He's going to call some plays. And then they're going to snap the ball to him, and he's going to make some plays. Uh, here's one. Philip River, new team, but I think that he's going to throw some first-half interceptions uh, to put himself in a hole that he can almost come back from in the second half. That's bullshit because all of Philip River's interceptions are in, like, the last three minutes when they're down 15, and he's trying to get him back in the game. They're never his fault. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, Philip Rivers and his 11 kids, uh, <laughs> they, they don't care. None of them care about winning. Yeah, a timid prediction. Philip Rivers is going to have sex this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My timid NFL prediction is that um, there will be, uh, you know, players getting COVID 
and having to sit out and then some scrub off the bench who never would have had a shot at playing is going to come in and become a star. Oh, that's a bold prediction. That's, yeah, so that's like on the bolder side. I'm, I'm at Hollywood. We like these big stories. <laughs> you heightened it. You heightened yeah. it. We had... All right, so we told you it was going to end abruptly. Uh, I don't know what you're expecting, but it comes Here we are. tick boom, and that was it. That guy. Yeah, I, I wish that we could. I mean, like, I wish that we could uh, take an unlimited amount of time on on the Zoom meetings. I know that we you, you can. You just got to pay for it, and we're not going to do that. Um, but I wish you could do an unlimited amount of time and then set a timer. Like when you feel like things are starting to lose a little bit of steam, you throw a timer up there, and then boom, you're. You're, you've got you got some juice, right? And it's that uh, anything's better than I'll let you go or yeah. Well, this like has they, been fun, right? Th- those kind of forced. I'm initiating the end of it, and I mean, I don't know. After after the the jam session, which by the way, there was definitely going to be latency there, but I was there. There's no way I, I was like I, I'm going to sound. I'm probably going to sound embarrassing. I'm going to sound horrible, but. Guy Patterson's got drumsticks in his hand. Yeah, I am I knew it wasn't going to work that. logistically, really, but like I wasn't going to say no to watching that happen. Dude. And also, I burned my thumb um, because I was doing a lighter the entire time that you guys were playing. I see that, and uh, it it burned my thumb pretty good, but it was worth it. Him saying like, "Hey, p- play play that again." That was that was Del I saw Paxton. I saw it happening in slow motion like I saw him look over to his right and I was like oh he's definitely got some drums next to him oh my god I uh I I haven't heard how it uh sounds yet but I'm imagining um me in front of me with a guitar in front of a omnidirectional dynamic mic probably didn't have the, the the greatest balance i don't know if you could even hear me at all but um tell you what man that was that was like i'm i'm sure i sounded terrible i'm sure that when i it sounded it back, great I shut up myself but it oh sounded great you're the worst i like when you got up to go get your guitar i was like he's good he's just like so annoying about being humble when it comes to music stuff and he was like okay okay i got you <laughs> it's not humble i don't know i've got a thing about people who uh it's like the the, the, guy, the guy with the acoustic guitar. Like they, I see when other people do that when they're like, "Oh, let me just grab my guitar." You're like, "Right, oh, cool, you play guitar," and I bet yeah. you feel real cool about it. That's I sick. don't play Wonderwall. Cool. Yeah, right. I, I don't feel cool about it. Now I've jammed right. with fucking Tom Everett Scott. I am cool, but that, <laughs> I, I'm automatically cool now. But I'm. Yeah, I mean that's what you said. That's what you of, said. You were like, you're like this wouldn't wouldn't have been cool if i just grabbed my guitar but because you asked for it like it's acceptable that's that's rad dude and the the thing of no one's ever asked him to play drums on a song insane Let me tell you that's gonna change we should we should change that yeah <laughs> let's you let's uh let's book a session in your new place we'll book a mm-hmm. writing session write a song You'd be like, you could help with lyrics and everything, ideas, themes. And then, I don't know, like two days after we just talked to him about that, she'd be like, hey, Tom, so this is crazy. <laughs> as, uh, as you, you fate, won't believe what I just found in my place. We would have it. We got, uh, we got this number and we think it's, we think it's pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> I just moved into a new place and uh, I found like a written song on the ground and the old, old owners you must have left it here you want to give this a shot 
it's weird. It's got it's got a beat that you have played before, so you <laughs> you're definitely capable of it. Like there's no way you could say that uh no, I wouldn't be able to swing that. So I mean shit. No, dude, if I were if I were like a, a musician musician, I would absolutely do that. Like on one of Diane Coffey's albums, uh one of the track listing things is like uh Emily Panic, the comedian, uh married to LP. Uh, it's like Emily Panic bass on track five or whatever. I'm like, that's so cool. Like she just, I, I wonder how, and you, you wonder like, how does that happen? Was, were they all, it's like an out? Easter egg, right? It's, and it's, especially it's cool if it's like a comedian or, uh, an actor, like who's, uh, I feel like Jason Lee is on some like she he, and him well, albums and stuff. Yeah. Well, he was a, he was a musician, uh, and a skateboarder before he was an actor. Uh, that's the, least surprising thing based yeah. on how just like jason lee's vibe jason lee i i i don't i could be wrong like he might have had some uh some like slight cancellation uh-oh i don't know i don't i don't want to like i don't want to besmirch his name but i thought that i had because i always have looked at him as like somebody who like that guy seems like the man and then i heard something like somewhat recently where i was like oh no damn i was gonna ask uh I was going to ask Tom if he had seen, because we were talking about how, uh, oh, and he was saying that uh, they didn't put cigarettes in the movie. And we were saying how really, I mean, there's, there's not like a, a friends type line in that movie where you're like, oh my God, that's so inappropriate. That would not hold up today. But he was saying, or it might've been you saying like, that's because it was Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks just like, has never had right, that yeah. that dirty joke well, or that like that the click hole article right. So I was going to ask <laughs> off of that. I was going to ask if he had seen that that headline that like what was it like three more women come forward saying Tom Hanks is nicest man in the world. Or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredible. That was like, uh, the scariest moment of my life. I don't know. I don't see. Uh, I don't see anything. I, I did see. Uh, I'm on Jason Lee's Wikipedia page right now and. The only thing that I see that might be slightly controversial is uh, he used to practice Scientology, but no longer does. Beck was a Scientology. I mean, I don't know if if you're. I don't know about, enough about Scientology to say what I was. I was going to say like, just do it inside the house, and uh, if, if you're safe about it and not harming. I don't people. think it's an auto cancellation. It's just like a red flag. Oh yeah. Sorts. Yeah, I mean, not to get. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, th- I think that like a, a lot of religious things can be red flags to certain uh, people. Religion yeah, do be polarizing. <laughs> yeah, religion, religion do be <laughs> making people feel some type of way. People do be having religion opinions. People, yeah, people do be having various religions. Uh, <laughs> Speaking well, of, of uh, Doobie Haven. Doobie Haven. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Uh, Get your medical card. You, you'll be Doobie Haven all day, man. <laughs> uh, we do be having the ambitions of getting back on Twitch soon. Yes, dude. I think so much about Twitch now. I don't know. I love that. How same. did it just seems like the wave uh, way way of the future and you sent me what t-pain did to kick off his twitch and shit like that is 
the coolest. You can go anywhere with it, which is amazing. And uh, a lot of people still asking for what's cooking. Yeah, uh, we should be. We should do the finale of what's cooking at some point in yes. the near future. Like once yes. hockey isn't on every Friday night or every Saturday night, and we've got some, we've got a night free. I think we're going to be able to do it. I'm definitely down. I think that I think that'll be really cool. But uh, yeah, I'd love for Twitch to become part of our lives. I mean, I know it's part of your lives, and you do the the video game thing. And I don't know whether like um, we we still have to to brainstorm more. But I I do give a lot of thought to. I think that Twitch should be uh, part of Something our life, part of my yeah. life. Like mm-hmm. it's. It for sure, for sure should be part of your life because you're so fucking weird that like it and it works on Twitch. I don't know, man. You're you're you do know. You do know. Like I know it's it works on Twitch. You'll be able to do whatever the hell you want. Like your weird Instagram lives. Yeah, that you do literally anything and people watch. There will be bigger and better, uh, a bigger and better experience on Twitch. You know what's the weirdest thing? We 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 talk about sometimes like things that we get feedback on and things that like we've done that have stuck with people. You know what? Like one of the, I don't know, might even be like the top one thing people talk to me about that I've done social media wise. What? The fucking makeup tutorial. I saw somebody asking uh, to you for you to bring that back. I don't even remember what that was. I just bef- uh, we have people do our makeup at work, and uh, our we do the Patriots pregame show, which is back this Sunday on NBC Sports Boston. Join the whole gang. Um, we don't have a makeup person. Uh, oh no, we would do the, the the show at Patriot Place, so we didn't have a makeup person so we'd have to do our own makeup so our makeup person liz told me what to get um showed me how to do it so i would do my own makeup on sundays and then just one morning i was like oh i people always do like how to do how to get like the perfect uh how to do like eyeliner right or how to do this or how to do like this I, I don't know. I don't know any of the terms, but the, I feel like there's a sunset thing people do with their eye. And every one time Alana Heim did a tutorial on a smoky eye or something. Right, yeah. Right. How to do like a smoky eye or whatever. And I was like, I'll just do how to put on makeup and just do it the way I do. Like people were, like, I obviously don't. So it was like a genuine, like a, here's how I do makeup thing. Yes. It wasn't but a weird I'll, thing. I mean, it was, it was weird because well, you I, were doing it because it was weird. Right, but, was, right. I, I don't, I was, I was doing it as best I could. I mean, I had to okay. go to work after I was trying to look okay, <laughs> but I was just did, uh, this is how I do my makeup. And, uh, I mean, a lot, lot of, a lot of feedback in terms of things I was doing wrong about how I was holding certain utensils, like a crazy person, but for whatever reason, it's like it's weird. Like we we've we've done, and I feel I don't know work wise. I've I've done some cool fun things, and people will be like, "Yo, so tell me about that. What, what was with that makeup thing?" <laughs> I uh, when I moved into the house this week, I, I was like testing out the TV, and I threw on a random channel, and there was a there was a Friday Night Lights marathon on, 
yeah. on TV. And man, that just brought me back to some good podcast times. And I feel like we should we should uh, like f- focus in on something at some point again soon. I'd we've been very we've been very broad, uh, with the exception of what's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> We we've did. been very broad and just like doing general podcasts. I'd like to like focus on something soon. Yeah, I like doing that. I like having kind of the uh, if you're into this, you have to check out this. Like these people right. did a definitive thing on it. So we, uh, I mean, there's the, the possibilities remain remain endless. With this. right now, all our attention is focusing on uh, just forcing Tom Everett Scott to be our friend. Yeah, that's we we should have mentioned when he was talking uh, when he said that he was watching uh, Miles Teller's drum performance in Whiplash. We should have been like, oh, we've had him on. He was <laughs> less less enthusiastic, less, than less you receptive were. <laughs> to our world than. But he was not. I don't know. He was it wasn't rude or anything. It, it was like wasn't. not. It was not the uh, this the this setting for uh, our podcast hijinks we'll really. look back we'll get yeah we'll let's get see miles what he's back. up to this yeah. has been the long con i'll be like hey miles uh we've beefed up our credentials as far as uh actors in jazz drumming movies go i don't know if you've heard we just did an episode with tom everett scott what do you think what we should do is we should get J- we should get jk simmons now we should get jk simmons and be like yo we've had miles teller and we've had tom everett scott I, we need you to come on and uh, and critique their drumming and Yo, but, man, do I've, a versus. We've I, I sent multiple emails trying to get J.K. Simmons back in the day. We really? tried to. Oh yeah, J.K. Simmons was a was an, a no go. Not not like he's not interested or whatever. But I think his people were just. I, I think a lot of those people kind of more. They never even hear than it. Then they yeah. consult, which yeah. I mean that's their job. Like if I said hey i don't want to do a million podcasts all day and someone gets an email saying hey is dj available to do this podcast they'll just respond no right so not unless it's like a huge like you're only doing like a top five percent of podcasts or whatever right but he, he did uh he did lights camera i know and it that was, was great it was great i, I mean it was I, a great interview i didn't listen because I, I this was like i don't know that was probably like a year after we tried to to get him but it was incredible because uh he did uh he did uh a spider-man read as um m&m voice no uh this uh fucking fletcher no the the guy uh jj jonah jameson or whatever it is the the newspaper guy from spider-man because he did it in like the toby mcguire one they had him do like a table read for something that ken jack wrote and he did it as the character and then like and and then like a week later it was announced that he was and they asked him they were like would you ever reprise the role for the the new spider-man the tom holland spider-man and he was like i would love to and then like a month later or something it was announced that he was wow the the new guy so i mean i'm not the i'm not the biggest star wars guy but i do know the character you're talking about you know like he's yeah that's he's intense and he's pissed off he doesn't he just wants pictures of spider-man parker get in here you son of a bitch like maybe like a little abusive yeah oh for sure he's a problematic person for sure and isn't a lot of like oh jay jonah jameson 
You know what he is? He's, do you know the song by Don Henley, uh, Dirty Laundry? No. It's like a... Don Henley's weird, man. He's got some, like, very... Uh, he's got some very... Uh, kind of like MAGA energy and he's oh, not right. I, I would think I think there's like no way he he's he found like the Walden Woods project he's I think a very liberal guy but he does have like a lot of MAGA sensibilities where like he's kind of <laughs> angry at like kids these days and uh, anyway he's got a song called Dirty Laundry that's like basically kind of like fake news so there's like it's all about how the news is just feeding you mush and all they care about is making shit up and it's it's ridiculous but um that character that jk simmons character is like exactly what don henley's talking about like this guy that's like did anyone die today find me some stuff about someone who died we'll lead with that (laughs) uh the the i want to say that that ken jack wrote a thing about like uh, J. Jonah Jameson like wanting feet pics of Spider-Man because of course he fucking did because <laughs> like J. Jonah Jameson's whole thing is like I need pictures of Spider-Man like give me feet pics of Spider-Man and then he did that that read and it was hilarious um, but yeah it, it bums me out that like the new Spider-Man movies have turned J. Jonah Jameson into like an Alex Jones kind of character right 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 where it's like a new age kind of like media guy media asshole well anyways uh, here's the uh, here's the Mr. Downtown cover didn't do the whole thing but uh, here you go Pete's in it darkness falls and the night's begun the river of light runs as bright as the sun under the waning moon is danger to be found for the man with the back in the night man with the badge in the night what's his name mr downtown